This podcast is sponsored by Bailey Gifford. Their podcast series, Short Briefings on Long-Term Thinking, brings you in-depth knowledge and challenging points of view from Bailey Gifford's investment managers. Search online for Bailey Gifford Short Briefings. and welcome to another episode of the New Model Advisor podcast. I'm Ollie Smith, magazine editor here at NMA, and two weeks ago I had a conversation with an advice firm director that I want to share with you today. Andrew Tricker works at financial planning and accountancy business Lubbock Fine, and he and I had originally intended to discuss the way that the firm has been helping business clients during the pandemic. But by happy coincidence, our conversation very quickly moved on to mental health and the impact of COVID-19 on both him and his team. So when when COVID um, first came into the UK, we, we were actually very fortunate that our IT department, and we're lucky to have, enough to have a four-man IT department, were installed, had just installed Microsoft Teams uh, across the practice, literally two weeks, three weeks previous, and uh, we were about we were literally about to have um, rehearsal days working from home when suddenly that Monday evening that Boris spoke um, we got a text from the company uh, which um, the wealth management team is part of a wider accountancy practice um, we got a text saying right we're working from home now <laughs> so we didn't have our um, two days of getting used to new technologies we and I'm 53 not greatly in tune with technology um, but happy to adopt things um, and found myself, yeah, working from home from my flat, um, which was novel initially. It coincided clearly with the stock market falling falling apart and we were having to write letters um, because at that, at that point you, you had to report uh, 10% um, falls in value to clients. And sure. so we had a number of those uh, to do. Uh, and we had to um, figure out how to effectively get those letters in the post because we were all working remotely without printers um, and the business actually had a has still has a temp going in every day um, managing posts doing uh, things like issuing posts from um, printing stuff off and issuing it so that was very helpful mm. so we, we kind of managed to muddle through the early days and and then we um, it's amazing how quickly you adopt things when when you're forced to and having to having to use them um, uh, kind of eight, nine hours a day. Um, so yeah. I've become a bit of an expert on teams, um, which hopefully will serve me well. And uh, it's interesting, clients have, have begun to get used to it as well. And, and we had a really successful meeting last week, including a 97-year-old lady, an 88-year-old sister of hers uh, on a Teams meeting. And they, they loved it and they loved it so much that they were chatting away with each other because they hadn't seen each other for three or four months. So the the clients um, uh, ended up up, um, staying on the call after I I left it and having a good old catch up. So it's, um, it's It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think you were, were you surprised to sort of see the readiness with which technology could be uh, adopted by, uh, by older people there? I I was surprised. Um, I only go say that because my dad, who's 82, who's never had a mobile phone, never had a laptop, relied on my mother, who um, passed very suddenly four years ago. And uh, he's, he still hasn't got, well, he's got a mobile phone, but he doesn't use it. Um, <laughs> and it's, uh, 
so that's my barometer of uh, how techno technological that that era are and but and i know from speaking to clients over the years some are, some are not comfortable using online banking and 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 technology like that um and obviously there was a move to do away with checkbooks a few years ago and that was that was kind of repelled because the older generation liked to the yeah. um comfort of write, um, writing a check and keeping a note of their finances from that respect. So I, I think it's easy to get lulled into the younger generation who go through school and embrace it absolutely um, on either gaming or um, iPads, uh, um, uh, laptops, etc, um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But the older generation, there was a um, bit of a rude awakening and and add to that the the being a financial planner and used to being around people and being in front of people working remotely just looking at your screen is um that's that's the mental challenge as well as um the, the all the other things that are going on running a business making sure your colleagues are are well and kind of um stable and in, um getting through the day and etc etc so was it hard sort of reading people's cues because that's definitely a comment that i've heard people say uh, about you know working remotely is that in in situations where managers or reportees or even in a team meeting where normally you'd be reading people's physical and verbal cues to sort of yeah. know when to speak is that yeah. has that made the financial planning process and the soft skills that little bit harder uh, what was what was actually most interesting is I struggled the most, and I'm really um, really positive, upbeat, um, like uh, big social circles, and I I found um, that uh, sitting in a flat, however um, good technology is, and talking to people through it or, or on the phone or etc. But you're you're on. Your, I live on my own. Um, I have a nice garden to look out on, but my young younger team who've got boyfriends and husbands and uh, flatmates, etc., they, they were all kind of um, rolling along, in, almost embracing it straight away. And I, I, I genuinely struggled and I've never had to struggle with my mental well-being. And I found it a real challenge and I've helped, I found it useful talking about it. Um, and it coincided a few weeks ago with uh, kind of mental health awareness week. And I, and I was looking to some good webcasts about that and talking about it de gen definitely helped because people have been struggling um i saw one of my colleagues managed to see one of my colleagues yesterday socially distanced of course and he, he was in the same boat his is um he's now engaged his um, wife works in the nhs so he's working on his own in his flat all day every day five days and it's um it drain it's draining um because at work you have your your interruptions, your, your coffee machine chats, and and we work in a 130 strong office, and I I'm always on my feet, walking around, uh, connecting with someone about something, and to go to your, your four walls and remembering to take your exercise and simple things like that, and because you can't go and see your dad and you can't go and um, see your friends, for, for even here in the evening, I, I I yeah, I found it a real real struggle, and I'm not I'm not um, too proud to admit it yeah i mean it's extremely encouraging that you know you're able to talk about it in those terms because you know there there is a stigma surrounding this stuff i mean if you don't mind me asking what what was the point where you know you're at your lowest i, I asked simply because i think from what i've heard from people 
people handled it in different ways. I think I handled it quite well at first, and then around week six felt pretty rubbish. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, and then other people, the, the the start of it was absolutely catastrophic for them, and then they, you know, they managed to find their feet, and and they've been fine since. And for others, it's just been a you know a sort of slow burning struggle. So I'd be interested to hear what what camp you kind of fell into. I think with me, it was it was the whirlwind of the first three four weeks when we we're all getting used to stuff and chatting regularly, as I say, about these um, stock market letters and things like yeah. that. And it was, I was similar to you, four to six weeks in, I was thinking, and, and when it appeared very likely that it was going to be the long haul, not the um, two months and then back in the office in London. Right. Um, and our, yeah. our, our boss delivering a, um, what they now known as a town hall on uh, Microsoft Teams and saying, look, it, it, it might be next year. When, um, and th- he was saying this back in April, I think it was. Mm. And, and I, my, my shoulders dropped. And I thought, oh, I can't do this for another six, eight months. It's the uh, mm. thought of it. And because obviously you're, you're in, in that moment and thinking, well, there's no pubs. There's no, I can't see mates. And it's all kind of all getting, gathering gloom. And you're thinking, this is awful. I can't, yeah. I can't go on holiday. If it's all happening in one place too, isn't it? In the, yeah, in, if I have holiday, it's going to be within two miles of my flat. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty bleak. And then I, I bought a bike about six, seven weeks ago. I a motorbike or a bicycle? Nah, push bike. Ah, very thought, healthy. I, well, I was putting on a bit too much weight. Um, I, uh, like most of us, drinking too much in the evening, uh, not getting much ex- exercise, eating too much and biscuits and chocolate and things like that that you do and I, I love thought, them um, because I used to be re- relatively healthy I'm a golfer so I got I couldn't play golf for two months or whatever it was um so I thought I'll buy a bike uh, and make myself um some some lunch times I go out some mornings I go out definitely after work I'll go out and I'll go out to this evening for 45 minutes an hour and I found that really makes a difference um because um and it's it's Stuff you learn about mental well-being, isn't it? I, di- I didn't realise you need, or my body needs, air and oxygen and uh, to be kind of mentally stimulated, like um, seeing people out there and um, enjoying. I, I live in Surbiton and I've got quite, I'm near the Thames and Hampton Court Palace and mm. there's nice, nice flat routes for my, my bike because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not exactly um, Chris Froome or Chris Boardman. Um, and it's, um, yeah, that's made a difference. I'm now back playing golf, played golf three times in the last week. So that's made a difference. And it's the little things that, and I've got colleagues encouraging me and people checking in on me. HR have been great and that sort of thing. And that, I think I'm, I'm lucky to work in a firm that's very supportive and looks out for people. And, um, it's, um, we, we, we've been talking about mental health awareness for a couple of years now and I, I sadly lost a former colleague very young in her 20s at, at my previous firm um way too soon and um it resonates with me from that perspective um and i've read a lot and as i say listened to web webinars and podcasts and uh it's just, it's a thing that i don't know it's, it's a constant learning isn't it you you, you sure. I, I i i couldn't appreciate why this young girl had chosen to do what she did. And, and I don't suppose um, I do now really, but it's, you can tr- begin and try and understand and, and um, being a manager of people, you have to kind of 
um, uh, develop skills uh, to get them to t hopefully talk to you. And, and I've tried through these video calls with my team to, to, to basically get them to, if they're feeling down, even if it's not me, they talk to talk to someone about it. Don't bottle yeah. it up for it. Do you think as a sort of more experienced member of the team and, and indeed if I say so as a, as a bloke it's actually quite hard to you know to display a bit of your own vulnerability in front of other people? Um, I, th I think because I'm quite loud and outgoing um, right. uh, and I, 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 I it was difficult getting getting my head around the words I wanted to say but I, I used a combination of um, the kind of events to, to, to talk about it, not just the mental health awareness, but things in the, in the, in, on the news you hear and, and people yeah. talking about it. And I, I made it into my own words and I actually delivered this kind of 15 minute almost sermon without, I hadn't written it down, it just came out. Um, and um, it's quite emotional for me and, and I think the team gathered it was quite emotional. And, uh, and I suppose you, you, no one, no one teaches you how to be a good manager, do they? Um, how to, how to manage people. You pick up bits along the way. I've had various managers, good or bad, in my career. And you think, it's a bit like uh, I use the foot. Um, I'm keen football watcher, and you use the man uh, analogy of a good football manager, a good people person who who take each one aside and put their arm around some, or just beat them if they if they if they. <laughs> they think that they need a, a stick not a, a few kind words and I think I, I love I like the idea of being able to develop myself and and using management around me um, we've got a really good HR um, team and I've got um, it's a 14 partner firm um, and they've all got their their nuances and ways of doing things and I, I, I pick up I'm a great people watcher always have been mm. and, and I um, I'm not sure what makes a perfect boss, but I'm, and I don't think I'll ever achieve it in the next whatever twelve years that I'll uh, be doing it. But um, I, 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 I'm keen to always improve myself, and that's that's yeah. something I, I try and do. I mean, the the, um, the mental health stuff's really interesting. I mean, perhaps as a, a sort of convenient segue to to discuss the plight of small business owner clients. I mean, I mean, what a stressful period for them, and in terms of you know managing their own liabilities and, and mm. trying to sort of piece together a plan yeah. um where perhaps their previous ideas have just been totally scuppered by by the pandemic i mean what kind of conversations have you, have you had with them or has the business had with the small well, business client? it's interesting i mean we've we've one of my clients actually um converted their business to um, manufacturing ppe which was a completely different right direction to their they, they do specialist procurement um, and they have a factory and, they, and um, they have space and they turn their hand to producing PPE. Then, How long did it take to do that kind of transition? I mean, do they have a 3D printer of some kind then? Or was uh, yeah, I believe so. yeah, I believe so. I think it took two to three weeks probably. Um, wow. um, and they, they, so they did their bit, um, which was amazing. Um, in other areas, we, I've got a few media artist type clients. Um, one of whom writes music scores for pantomimes, and as we know, pantomimes have been completely scuppered, um, probably this Christmas. Um, and so he's, he's literally his income is delivered in bulk the last three months of the year, and he's got he's looking at nothing this year. But um, the good thing is he's been spectacularly successful 
last two or three Christmases. Um, so he's got he's got the wherewithal to 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 ride this out. Hopefully, um, another client is a a very successful artist, um, um, and his paintings would generally um, just be displayed at exhibitions and uh, at art galleries. Clearly, none of those are um, well. Galleries are starting to reopen. Um, excuse me. Um, and so again, he's had three or four good years and he can ride this out. But um, so there, there, I haven't got too many tragic stories as yet. And obviously we're not through this pandemic um, at, at the moment. And uh, the next few weeks will be interesting as we, as we discover the, um, as furloughing ends and unemployment starts to kick in. We're seeing some figures at the moment this week. Um, and we, we're talking to um, Starbucks, if I can drop names, um, in, uh, in the city. And we're very close to a Starbucks store because you're never far from a Starbucks store. And their revenue is something like 7% of what it was kind of um, six months ago. You say so, you're talking to a Starbucks. I mean, what do you mean by that? Specifically? No, no, just getting your coffee as you do. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so, they're having a really, and Pret-a-Manger were in the news last week. And we've got three Pret-a-Manger stores around us, and no one's going into central London at the moment. No, we're, and our, we've got a five-storey block, and no, no firms are, are, are getting their staff back yet. So that, if you extrapolate that around a few businesses, or most of the businesses in London, and um, these Pret-a-Manger's and sandwich shops and things like that, they're going to be really struggling, really struggling for quite a long time because... We, we can work from home and particularly the accountants um, are very, very now geared up, two screens at home, all their software is online, their paper. So it's, 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 it's for some of them, it's actually the, the, the no distractions at work scenario works for them better than it does piling into an office in central London. And, 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 and I, I think we've, we're having conversations um, within the firm um, and the accountants that this might be a watershed moment that we will, will we need um, big offices and lots of staff in them or, or will they will people choose to be able to if they are able to work work two three four days at home and and come into the office one day a week maybe and and mm. what effect does that have on the the demand in shops uh, on just that on their own um if you think about 130 people going out to buy lunch, unless you take it in yourself, uh, and all that money that's moving around the economy, and and you're choosing to stay at home and make a sandwich at lunchtime, that's that's a much reduced uh, demand in, in in the economy. In terms of the, um, you know, the the people you work with who have seen those kind of dramatic, though perhaps not catastrophic just yet, uh, decreases in income. I mean. What kind of input have you had as a financial planner? I mean, I've, speak, I've spoken to a few businesses where, you know, the cash flow model has changed, and we sort of talk client talked clients through the implications of that, and perhaps a sort of longer term plan plan C to get back to plan A. Um, yeah. You know, think, what kind of conversations have you had? I think at this stage, because investment values have rebounded at the, at this point pretty strongly. I mean, our clients invested in in. Um, balanced portfolios i've actually not seen a loss now um in a lot of cases because of the 
whilst the FTSE 100 index isn't back to anywhere near what it was in uh, mid-March, um, diversified portfolios and um, the, and that's why we that's why we spread clients' assets around. They've actually performed pretty well, and so clients, from that perspective, um, that's one less thing for them to worry about in in the wider scheme of things. Um, we're not seeing the usual um, ISA investments, um, pension top ups um, that they they've been kind of put on hold largely. Um, we have picked up some nice new investment portfolios um, because there'll always be clients with money um, who some will see it as an opportunity. Some will just see, well, this happens in stock markets um, from time to time. And we haven't, we haven't had a proper downturn as we, as you will know, um, as your readers will know, 12, 13 years is, is the last kind of period. And some, um, my, my uh, recent appointed advisor who's 30 years old, ha hasn't, hasn't been in the job long enough to, to kind of um, seen the last, any kind of big downturn in in asset values which is is a challenge and i've been i joined joined the um, financial services world in 1987 which is obviously is pretty famous for black monday so and i've been through the te tech bubble and financial crisis and so and they're all different and clearly this one was the most shortest sharpest downturn of them all um for several generations if not ever um and in a way that <laughs> in a strange way that helped because you couldn't you couldn't take any action it literally it was so six seven eight days and you think well i can't, you, you're not gonna unless you're in a very flexible um portfolio where you can just sell turn to, turn to cash that short term but then um our advice uh, financial planners um, should be should be investing their clients' assets for the long term, and um, a big part of my role in that period, and I had several phone calls, is to say to people, look, ride it out. You can ride it out. You don't need. You didn't need to cash the money in because we've done all this planning, and you've we've got your rainy day pots, and you've got your longer term pots, and then we know we know that it's going to go down as well as up, and all those cliches, um, and as it happened and easy being wise after the event and hindsight's the best investment tool you'll ever use um markets have recovered strongly and, and whilst they may and i'm trying to tease out of investment managers that we use third-party investment managers um how they see the next few months because it, it could be very uncertain um even going forward from here because um if that we're all kind of promised a vaccine if the vaccine doesn't emerge um, uh, are, are there going to be therapies, uh, therapeutics that uh, deal with it? Clearly, we are seemingly dealing with COVID cases more uh, better than we are because um, medical stuff has has had to advance that much um, so quickly. So, um, if we don't get a vaccine uh, and we get the second spike that everyone talks about, um, then markets will sell off again and um it's it's um it's trying to pick your way through as an advisor and it's it's tested my belief system because you you kind of your default position is but buy and hold and and ride out the waves but this is so different because uh, a global shutdown of businesses has never happened before and then 
all the support packages and we all thought, oh, isn't that great? Isn't this new chancellor who'd only been in the job about three weeks when this hit? Um, and he's, he's giving out all this money and he's very unconservative um, for, um, uh, for a chancellor. And it's almost taken the wind out of Labour sails, um, not trying to get political for the moment. And, and yet we're now coming to the end of furloughing. And what are we going to look that clever? Hopefully we will. Um, but, but it's um, the, the outlook for jobs and that is, is uncertain. But equally, stock markets don't, aren't actually that bothered about. It sounds really callous. Stock market doesn't really look at jobs. It, it almost thinks, well, they're going to be leaner, fitter. And if they survive, their costs will be lower and they'll, they'll be more profitable. And that the stock market's already looking 12, 18 months out. And that's why it's been rising, because it kind of assumes there'll be a vaccine or, or that this will pass. And, and it's pricing that in. Yeah, yeah. That's really, uh, really interesting. This podcast is in association with Bailey Gifford. Find out more about their range of funds and investment trusts at www.baileygifford.com. What can financial planners do, if anything, to prepare for the sort of potential um, further trouble down the road? I mean, it's as you say, it, it is looking likely from the data that this isn't just going to be something that happened in the summer of 20, you know, in the spring and summer of 2020. And that, mm. um, you know, vaccines aside that, you know, humanity as a, as a race will be, will kind of be continually plagued by the onset of, um, you know, widespread airborne disease. So I mean, what does that mean for sort of the medium term investment planning? Does, is there something that financial planners can do to prepare for a second wave or? Uh, does it mean you're sort of more cautious? I, I think I think it's it's an ongoing educational piece for the client and sometimes for the planner themselves. It's to mm. it's to ad- admit that we don't, we haven't got all the answers. Um, that retirement is not a no longer a point in time. It, it's a um, because particularly now retirement doesn't involve generally buying an annuity, so you're not focusing on that point. In the future, it's you're you're going to be living off your investments, and this is this is another factor that we're we're having to deal with is that there's there'll be less and less final final salary defined benefit pensions dropping in, uh, secure incomes, inflation proofed incomes, and clients will be living off rental income, living off investment income, and in times like these 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 exceptional circumstances, when when you're um, and my own sister's an example. She's had a tenant in her investment property uh, lose her job going back home. So she's um, got, got void period on her property. Her pension funds lost value. And and it's all that uncertainty and worry. And, and she's my sister's also got job concerns uh, in her school. Um, so it, I think as a financial planner, we, we have to, and I, 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 like the um, aspects of behavioural finance um, in terms of the coaching aspect, telling your clients not to make silly decisions, uh, to diversify, um, to take appropriate risk for that period of, for that particular area of investment, and um, bearing in mind the timescale, um, and and to to tell them. And I have been telling clients for years, which is why I think I've had less panicked phone calls is to expect periods like this. And whilst they, when they come, they're not comfortable and some clients will surprise you. And I've had a couple of 
clients who I thought, actually, I'm a bit surprised they are panicking um, because they wouldn't, I, I thought I'd read them better than that. But they, um, they, they had genuine concerns because a lot of people, especially in retirement, because you're not going to earn back the money anymore and you don't, want, don't really want to end up as a Tesco checkout person mm. uh, in later life. It, uh, nothing, no offence to Tesco checkout people, by the way. Um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of saying, look, you've got enough money. It's going to come back. Um, it's all right. You might not be able to have two holidays this year. That sort of exceptional um, circumstance. You might have to trim your, trim your wings a bit. The interesting thing about this period is we're all been spending less money typically. Um, yeah, talk to me about that. I mean, that's very interesting. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've been watching my bank account. Instead of, um, I hope my bosses aren't watching. I hope my, um, the, watching my bank account um, drift up quite nicely over the last few months. And um, clearly I went and bought a bike because of it. But it's um, the, the, the things, I mean, I haven't, got a, I haven't got any travel to pay for other than car journeys, um, food, uh, not going out, not treating the girlfriend like I was, um, <laughs> other than uh, obviously lovingly. Um, and the, the, the aspects that you think, God, I haven't got that cost, I haven't got that cost. And um, the, the ability to inadvertently save money, if you like. Um, and the, I've spoken to clients who's, who've actually absolutely mirroring my experience of just they haven't got the expenditure that they had. Um, they haven't got the credit card bills, re bills racking up. Um, the car's sitting on the driveway because we, we weren't allowed to use it for two and a half months, whatever it was. So that's, um, that's an interesting dynamic. In the, in, and it does, we, we set a lot of store by budgeting and, um, and clients are often surprised by where their money actually goes and, and how it actually tops up you mentioned cash flow modeling and we do mm. that with certain clients and it i did it for myself and i was like do i really spend that much and this is when we were spending um so i, I would urge people to do their own personal budget in a normal set of circumstances and and uh, not adjust it for this really but um it's nice to experience um, um a, a positive kind of balance bank balance at the end of each month at the moment and we we may be uh, set for a few more months of this. Let's face it. Um, uh, I see you're you're working from home. Um, I'm working from home, and, and we're not going to change anytime soon. If you've been affected by any of the things discussed in this episode, don't forget there are plenty of ways to get a bit of help, and plenty of people willing to help you. Call one one six one two three to speak to the Samaritans at any time or visit mind.org.uk to find a range of mental health resources.